Welcome to the Divine Inspiration Network. My name is Reverend Arlene Cahat, and tonight we're actually doing a rebroadcast of a show that used to be on the network called The Sacred Masculine Show, and it was hosted by Reverend Jamel Gilliam. Now, one of the things about Reverend Jamel is that his ministry and his brand encompasses the sacred masculine and when a person has the divine in their life it brings balance uh, to all aspects of an individual's life his ministry from what I've gleaned from what he shared with me is that he wants to bring back harmony and balance between men and women but also to men because he feels that that aspect of uh, the sacred masculine has been forgotten so thank you for joining us this evening and here we have the sacred masculine show Sacred Masculine Show. I am your host, Reverend Jay. Thank you for checking in this evening. Let me tell you a little bit about the Sacred Masculine Show. The Sacred Masculine Show is a place for spiritual brothers and the women that love them doing regular stuff for love, family, community, careers, and wealth. Although this program is moderated by masculine individuals, this show addresses the ideas and views of all those seeking to know and live the peace or peace of God or by any other name they may address. This show may also include a humorous and human side of knowing God. So to those who have come to the realization that they are perfectly imperfect, you are indeed in the right place. Welcome home. Tonight's guest, very special guest, is Mr. Atlee St. John. I want to tell you a little bit about this young man. The Earl Gray School of Business and Management. He comes to us with experience in finance. His past fields include consumer lending, resident county specializing in retirement and investment. Pressing, they can get back to doing what they love, and that's living life. Mr. St. John, welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, sir, yes, sir. I appreciate that uh, fine and graceful introduction. This is the show to be on from what I hear, huh? Yes, sir. All right, yes, all right, sir. all right. So it's all about um, the, the sacred masculine. I like that, man, the sacred masculine. If I can be part of that in terms of your, your mission and, and your, your, your goal, I know that you mentioned in there wealth, so I definitely would love to share with your with your listeners a few things that we like to kind of focus on when it comes to wealth and and that piece of the machine, that part of the machine, that forgotten aspect of the struggle. 
as I like to call it. So definitely. So I appreciate it. Thank you for um, letting me on. Okay, no problem. Thank you for coming. Um, want to say something about the show. We got a little technical difficulties here. I don't know what's going on with this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know you were kind of breaking up there a little bit. I don't know what was, okay. what was happening. Yeah, they say um, sometimes I make, you know, we're looking at the, uh, looks like the switchboard's a little bit better. How's it sounding now? Oh, uh, yeah, you sound pretty clear now. I can hear you. Okay, so we're moving forward. Um want to say this about the show. You know, you, you know, you, a lot of, a lot of folks are like, oh, Sacred Masculine, what can I do to be a part of this show? The truth is, is that we are all Sacred Masculine. So when I say a place for spiritual brothers, you know, the truth is that we are all spiritual brothers. We are all living life. If you ask any, most men, what do they want, the common answer that you're going to get in addition to money and love and women and sex, you're probably going to get the word happy. And we promote yes, that here. We promote happiness. We promote love. We promote relationships, healthy, right relationships. We promote all those things. So we talk about sacred masculine show. There is no no young man, whether we're talking about the brother serving a, some time or, you know, someone in cler- that's a clergy clergyman not being considered sacred masculine. It, it, you know, we, we, we cover a wide range of individuals. Duffy wanted to be clear about that. So from the rich to the poor, from the poor to the rich. That's right, um, that's right. We definitely have some information, uh, but we also got some songs. I, you know, this is this is an interesting interesting show. I mean, we're just kind of kicking back, having a conversation, sharing some information for folks, um, some some interesting songs that we want to share with folks that are relevant to the topic at hand. I want to uh, get started with the first song, if you will. Is you okay with that, Mr. St. John? Yes, sir. Go right ahead. Run the show. Uh, this particular show, this particular song, I think it's relevant to today's topic. In fact, I know it is. I want to share a, a snippet of it uh, for our um, for the for the folks that are listening. Thank you. 
and I'm back. I just wanted to say that you know I I love that song and the yes, bass line. If if you like if you like the bass, you know like I do that that bass line. It starts out as they they mean business when they play that song. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's I like that word that you use. You said they mean business, and that's exactly what business is about, right? Uh, for the yes. most part, there's two sides of it. It's sort of like a dichotomy. You have the uh, business side that is, or rather you have a, the side of the business that actually deals with commerce, you know, it deals with earnings, it deals with that bottom line, it deals with staying in the black and not being in the red. You know, it deals with the income and, and, and revenue and, and cash flow, right? Then there's the other side of the business that often is, sometimes overlooked or misconstrued or, you know, sometimes uh, forgotten, but those people that kind of hold it in the forefront uh, are the people that I believe succeed or should succeed. If they stay at it, they will succeed. That's the purpose of the business, the why, the what do you do, the actual reason, the cause of why you did it. You know, in the school, you mentioned that I, I'm, I'm a graduate of the, I'm a proud graduate of the Earl Grey School of Business and Management at the uh, great Morgan State University, well, one of the things that I learned while there during my time and tenure there, it was that the people that are at the top, the people that are in management, tend to know why something needs to be done, tend to know why this uh, product or service needs to be offered to the public, tend to know why this whole uh, ship has to sail, if you will. And what you do is you turn around and then hire those that know what to do or know how to get it done. So definitely, so uh, you know, I, I appreciate that song. That song is definitely a motivator. And that baseline, you can't really miss with that baseline, huh? <laughs> no sir, no sir. You know, one thing I want to say. You know, we talk. Somebody's like, oh well, I thought this was a sacred masculine show. I thought they were going to talk about God. I thought they were going to talk about. You know, who, whomever their deity is, the reality is that none of us want to be poor or broke or whatever words we use to demonstrate that there's a lack. And so what the Sacred Masculine, Sacred Masculine Show is also is about is creating wealth, prosperity, abundance, all the things that God wants for us. And what better way to talk about that than on this show? Because we have folks, you know, this is a demonstration that we have folks in the community who are serving, who are providing, who are assisting people reach their goals, and and in this case, their financial goals. And so, you know, I definitely want to introduce that concept because I I don't want folks to to see money as a bad and evil thing. I think all too often when folks talk about wealth, you know, you know, the rich are seen as evil and and, and wicked. We're we're here to talk about the fact that some good things come from having money. You know, college. You just mentioned yourself as being a college graduate. You know, college debt is paid that way. You know, people who have children, you know, uh, a lot of things, a lot of great things. You can provide service in the community because you have the money to provide that. I was was taken back when I was talking to a young man who didn't understand why there needed to be a budget to provide service in the community. And the first thing I said to him was, well, you got to have money to pay the people who's doing the work. Nobody's going to do, you know, this for free. So we're here to talk about all these things. You know that you know that that your uh, your 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 level of expertise, your area of expertise. We want to also give people an opportunity to call and talk about that. So when the time is right, I will give the number for those of you who are new, and we can really uh, give folks an opportunity to ask some questions that are relevant to this topic. And you know, 
give them a chance to really go deeper about how they can make their money. But I want to also uh, give you an opportunity, Mr. St. John, to share this question. What do you do? Like, share with the well, public, what do you do? Right, right. And, you know, we're definitely going to get to what I do, and I know that's probably what what uh, uh, everyone is wondering in terms of listeners. Uh, I just want to touch base on one thing that you mentioned that I thought was key. You mentioned that people are listening and saying, you know, and so I thought this was going to be about God and spirituality. Why are they talking about money? Well, for the, to those people, I want to say, I want to recommend a book. I want to recommend a book called The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace B. Waddles. Uh, if you in any way doubt that or, 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 or separate, you know, the two, money and spirituality, if you in any way uh, feel that those two are mutually exclusive, you need to read that book. You need to check that oh, book out because in, in that book, you know, he talks about your God-given right to earn and, 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 and be happy, your God-given right to carry out your talents. Let me ask you a question. So if you were to have a gift, let's say you have a gift, and and what you're doing right now is, is a gift. You're you're you you are a person that can speak to others and bring forth information to help to uh, bring thought out of them, inspire thought, and and help them to better themselves. Well, what greater way to get out to get your gift out to help more people than to actually have the means to do so. So here's what I'm talking about. So you have one person that says, you know what, I have a gift. I can help people heal by, by just speaking to them and helping them through their issues, helping them through their, their, their problems. I make them feel better. Okay, well, that person says, I'm not going to focus on earning or making anything for my gift. I'm, I just want to do it and, and, and bless, bless their heart. They do it and they, they, they touch you know, quite a few people. Uh, in their lifespan, you know, they may they may come in contact with those people uh, via phone. They may come in contact with those people in person, you know. But um, do you have to be a poor righteous teacher? I don't know. Here's the thing: because you have a second person that says, "Yeah, well, you know what? I do. I have the same gift, but I am going to allow myself to earn in having that gift, and 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 in doing so, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take those earnings and then turn around." and help to promote my gift and and, right, and, and right. bring my gift even further. So I'll then turn around and have a radio show, right? I'm going to turn around and have a radio show, and if they don't uh, give me the radio show that I want, I'm going to use my financial power to get the radio show that I want. I'm going to get on that station, and I'll buy the station if I have to. Right? Then you have the other person that says, hey, look, you know what? I have the same gift, but I'm going to buy a TV network and I'm going to call it own because it's going to be mine, right? <laughs> right? right. So you have, right. you have three people with the same gifts. But, you know, and he talks about in the science of getting rich, he talks about uh, the, the God-given right for you to earn. He talks about how God actually wants us all to be able to use our gifts for the betterment of others because once you do that, then he gets to go further. You know, God goes further the further you go. And so – you're going to spread good things while by having those gifts, but you have to, you know, it, it takes things. It, it literally takes things to carry out those gifts in the grand, in grand scale and magnitude, right? So I just wanted to touch, you know, touch base on that, and um, you know, just let let your listeners know that those two are not mutually exclusive. Please, you know, pick up that book by Wallace D. Waddles 
called the science of getting rich. Now, getting down to what I do, you know, you, 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 I get that question a lot. I get that question a lot. And basically, in a nutshell, I try to help people to be a blessing and not a burden. Right. I try to help people to you know, be a blessing, not a burden. What do I mean by that? Well, basically, you know how sometimes you ever notice how we run out of time before we run out of ideas or opportunities? Absolutely. You know, sometimes you, know, you, you, might, you might know what age you want to retire. Or at least slow down, because these days people don't want to really retire, right? They're saying, "Oh, no, I'm going to keep going, I'm going to keep going." So the retirement age is kind of getting pushed further and further out there, right? So people might say, "You know what? I'm not going going to retire. I'm never going to retire. I'm going to work until 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 I drop." Right? Oh, and that's okay, but you might want to slow down one day. And so a lot of us know the age we want to slow down, but don't quite know exactly how we're going to be able to do that because of the financial piece. Right, so when am I going to retire? Well, I like to retire at this particular age. I like to retire at 65. I like to retire at 50. I like to retire at 58. I like to retire at 67. Now, how much do you want to have in the bank on the day of retirement to be comfortable with still retiring? To be comfortable with the idea of walking away from that steady income, and that's where the question is based out of. So now, that's what I help people with. You know, sometimes. You know, uh, people. You know, they may have a retirement plan that is is tax infested. You know, is your retirement income plan tax infested? What does that mean? That means that if you think you have five hundred thousand uh, dollars in a vehicle that's going to pay out to you in your in your retirement, has that vehicle been taxed already? How is that vehicle going to be taxed? Is that five hundred thousand dollars really going to be five hundred thousand dollars after you touch it? Right. So is your tax, is your retirement income plan tax infested? You know, have you changed jobs in the last 10 years, you know, and left an old 401k behind? You know, it's funny about that. Here's what's funny about that. You know, people leave their jobs and they have a tendency of leaving their money in that old 401k. Oh, I'll come back mm. to that one day. Oh, one mm. day I'll, I'll get that. They leave yeah. that money in that 401k. Let me ask you this. If you bought a house, lived in that house, and sold that house, okay, and moved on to another house, but then you left in that old house your big screen, your big 50- uh, uh, or 60-inch uh, TV, wouldn't you want to go back and get it? Absolutely. You watch the game on that. Watch the fight. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, so you know, it's, it's the same concept. You don't want to leave a job and leave that money back there for that old company to benefit from, right? So that that's what I help people with. That's that's what I do. I I, I help I help people to develop a pension if they don't have a pension. You know, I help people in the bottom line to keep their promises that they made to their family to have this house paid off by a certain time. Uh, regardless of what happens in life, we will be able to pay off this house. Let's say we don't have a house. You know, we will be able to buy a house sometime. I mean, this is, you know, the man talking to the to the wife, you know, talking to his spouse, and he says, look, honey, I know we're struggling right now, but you know, one day I'm going to pay this house off, or or one day we're going to get out of this apartment and we're going to we're going to we're going to buy a house. Okay, well, what if you don't make it to one day? Right. What if you, as an individual, as the leader of your house, the leader of your home? All right, the sacred masculine, right, you don't make it to that one day. 
then what does your family have to do? What does that, that wife that you made all those promises to have to do? How are they going to be able to still pay off that house? How are they going to be able to get out of that apartment and still buy that house? Or do all your promises go into the grave with you? And so that, that's what I help people with. That's what I do. You know, it's interesting. All too often, we do put aside the future for tomorrow. And sometimes, I mean, we, we do it as if we're, we have a calculated understanding of when we're going to make our transition. But most often, we all know that that's not something that's planned. I mean, it would be nice if we kind of say, okay, I'm going to be uh, 99 years old, and I'm going to be surrounded by 30 virgins, and uh, I'll be on the <laughs> beach. <laughs> you know, no, it doesn't happen that way. Often, oftentimes, like you just said, folks make their transition uh, to join the ancestors uh, when they haven't completed their plan. And, and a, a, a nice example of that is the brother Malcolm X. And I'm mentioning him because he's also on the stream of pictures for the show. And, you know, the brother Malcolm X had done so much work in the community uh, and worked so hard. However, he wasn't able to plan accordingly uh, for his family. And as a result, you know, we all know the story. And so, I, you know, it's, that's why it's so important. That's just someone that we know in public. You know, there's so many stories about just regular people having the same uh, stories. And I'm sure you could probably attest to the families, the number of families that you're familiar with that got to scramble to get this money to bury someone. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely have, so. I, I can tell you a story, actually. Um, so so there was one a few years back, quite a few years back. I worked uh, at a particular organization, and uh, we had about a little, little over 100 employees a little over 100 employees, and we had associates and so forth. And you know, it was a tight-knit crew. Every, everyone, although it was that large of a, of a staff, and for some people, some of your listeners, that's not even a staff yet. That's, that's not even office staff. But you know, for us, that was a large staff, right, 100, 100 people, a little over 100 people. So everyone chipped in. Everyone you know, worked real hard. Everyone played their part in this big machine. And uh, one of the hardest working gentlemen uh, that you will ever meet, the nicest guy, the nicest guy, uh, hardest working gentleman you will ever meet. Uh, every time he sees me, he, every time he used to see me, he would, que pasa, que pasa, amigo, que pasa, is what he says to me. And he, I'm, I'm telling you, he would say that to me like 10 times a day if he saw me 10 times a day. Right? So he always had a great attitude and, um, you know, nice guy. After one, after one you know, shift of, uh, you know, one evening, he went home and uh, had dinner, I guess, and, and did whatever his evening routine would be. And, uh, you know, he, he went to sleep. Never woke up. Never woke up. Now, we get the news the next day. So what do you think everybody did? Everybody's chipping in. Everybody, I mean, now, this is a staff of 100 people or, you know, a little bit more. So everybody's chipping in. Everybody's doing what they can to contribute to the family because the family did not have anything in place, any life insurance in place to, or at least not enough in place to even deal with his final expenses. Now, he was the main breadwinner, so they had issues. They had things that they would have to deal with, okay? Like immediately, everything became an emergency. I know they had plans, but no one planned for him to go to sleep that night and not wake up. Right? right. So, like you said, you know, no one, no one expected that. So everybody's scrambling, everybody's chipping in, and we all chipped in. 
and so after a while they they were able to the family was able to get get together enough money enough funds to hand over to the funeral home and and have those uh, exit services done and uh, send them off in a respectable manner and literally at that service I walk out I was one of the the managers so uh, the other manager uh, in the organization the company he uh, pulled me to the side when he saw me walking out, and uh, he says, he talked to you. I said, okay, well, you know, what's going on? So he pulled me aside. He said, I just got word that, and, you know, I'll keep the names. I'll keep the names, you know. Uh, uh, Absolutely. Second, but um, sure. that another employee had passed, mm. and that news came the same day of the funeral of the first one. Now, here's where it gets tricky as if it hasn't already. Here's where it gets tricky. What happened when the first employee passed? Everyone chipped in, right, because there was no, you know, there was no insurance in, in place. The family needed help. Everyone chipped in. Now, the next one passes, and everyone is trying to chip in, but can they chip in the same way? They didn't expect that. So now, you know, everyone's trying to chip in, but they're not able to chip in the same way because they didn't ex- – who expected two employees to pass within two-and-a-half weeks, once within a two-and-a-half-week uh, uh, time frame? So the the contributions that were given for the first employee that passed were a lot higher and a lot more and a lot more generous, if you will, than those that were given for the second employee that passed. How do you think that second employee's family felt? Yeah, they felt slighted, I'm sure. Of course. But it was not a situation of slighting them. It was an economic situation. That was a Absolutely. financial problem. That was a financial problem in, in on multiple levels, right? That was a financial problem because the family, first and foremost, did not have anything to continue. They have, did not have enough to handle the, 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 the losses of their loved ones themselves, Okay. Number two, it was a financial problem because the people that were contributing, people that were trying to help, the people that were, you know, his, his coworkers, his associates, the other employees were trying to jump in and, and, and help for the first one. They did that. They, did, they gave generously because they didn't expect the second one. So by the time the second one came up, they didn't have enough money to do it again because at the end of the day, you know, they're not making a whole lot of money to begin with. Okay? So now these, the family felt like, well, you gave this much to that person. We were able to raise that. They were able to raise this much. Why is it that we can't raise that much? And they start to take it personal. It's not a good feeling. Not a good feeling right. at all to be on the on either end of that, the receiving end or the giving end. And this is why I say the main issue there was insurance. Was more specifically life insurance. You know, for the, a small amount for for just just writing a small check. You know, on a on a monthly basis, a lot of those problems would have been allevi- uh, alleviated, completely right. alleviated. And on top of that, the families would not have to have downgraded their lifestyle. See, if you downgrade your life because of the passing of of a family member, then that adds an additional struggle, an additional mourning, an additional uh, weight to the loss of this family member. You're going to mourn emotionally. But what I try to do is help you not to suffer as much financially. 
Okay. Well, thank you for that. Thank you. That's, I think, uh, you know, death, death is very much a part of life or transition. I'd rather say that because, you know, there's something, you know, some of us believe there's something greater or better, or even if it's just peace on the other side. Um, and so I definitely want to encourage folks to consider that, you know, consider the stories that you've shared so they could, you know, in their lives, be a part of their family's future and not about, not a part of their family's detriment. Um, in their sure. transition. We got another song, though, if you, if you don't mind. I want to share a uh, very special song, you know, to me. I'm sure it's a special song to you as well, um, because this song is by a gentleman who, you know, as we talk about transitions, you know, he, yes, he made his transition recently. Yes, and, um, in his but sleep. He, in his sleep. But, you know, he really was committed to making sure people realize their dreams. So I want to share this, this song by B.B. King called No Money, yes, No sir. Luck Blues. The late great. Here, yes, yes, sir. And uh, here we go. Says a lot. That song says a lot. Yes, sir. Oh man, late great BB King, my all-time B. B. King. favorite. Yes, sir. My all-time favorite uh, blues artist and musician. Uh, him and, and Lucille. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> and those words. And if you even listen to the words of those songs of, of that particular song. You know, he talks about. Yeah, yeah, sure. He talks about not having anything. You know, which is a story, a narrative. Unfortunately, that that a lot of people share and, and have um, within certain communities. 
and even outside because it's it's a class uh, uh, thing. It's an income class thing. And so, uh, you know, he also talks about a custom thing as well. He says in there, when he had a good job, he will help out just about any friend of mm-hmm. his. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that's something. Isn't that, isn't that a tendency that we have? You know, you, when you have it good, you want to help folk. Absolutely. You know, and, and I think that that's a that's a great thing. I think that that's that's a great thing. But I I, I always I often go back to uh, the great uh, written words. It says, uh, "Lend less than you own it, right? And give less than you owe it." And so, all uh, right, I think lend less than you owe it, and give less than you own it. And so, yeah, it, we talk about management and wealth management and 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 financial discipline. In, in, in what I do when I do my, my free consultations with people, I sit down with them uh, at the office there, and we, we're uh, sent it out of uh, Columbia and um, also have an office out in Bethesda. And we, you know, we try to have the, the uh, I guess, approach of, look, let's see what's going on. Let, let's see where the actual money is. So, you know, you know they, they used to say, show me the money. Right, so we would literally find it because, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, you know what, I can't afford, I can't afford uh, life insurance. I, I, I just don't have it. I, I just can't afford an additional payment. Well, you know what, let's not make it an additional payment. Let's make it, you know, something or rather an additional expenditure. Let's make it something that we will float from someplace else in your budget that you're putting some other monies into. Now, am I saying take food off the table? No. And, and, and not feed your children? Absolutely not. It has to be a number that, that or an amount that you're comfortable with setting aside. And then what my job is, my job is to maximize whatever you're comfortable putting aside to, to make sure that that can return to you and the family the maximum uh, uh, possible given the rel- the relative constraints. So what, the, what do I mean by that? So yeah, we look at where the money's going first and foremost, right? I've I've sat down with people that said, oh, you know, I don't I don't think I have anything. I said, sure you do. Everybody does. We just need to find it. Mm-hmm. And so well, what what do we do? We look and see where she was spending. I'm I'm speaking about a particular young lady. So we sat down with her, and uh, you know, she thought she had nothing to, to contribute toward the the security, the financial protection and security of her family. And uh, lo and behold, we found about, I want to say, an additional $7,000 a year. Wow. And this was in fast food and, ready for this, cigarettes. Mm. Fast food and cigarettes. So I have to, that's where we have the serious talk. That's where we have a serious conversation. That's when the real questions come out. Say, look, you know, what's more important to you? your daughter, and making sure that she does not have to depend on anyone if you're not here, uh, at least not depending on anyone in the way that she would have to if she had no, no funds, no money. Uh, is your daughter's college future or educational funding uh, more important to you than the cigarettes or the amount of times we go to uh, Starbucks? You know, you'd be surprised with what people do with $10 a day. <laughs> you'd be surprised with what people do with $10 a day. I'll, ask, I'll challenge your listeners, you know, you know, think about it. What do you do with $10 a day? Okay, we're back online. I'm not sure what happened. Maybe Wi-Fi 
Uh, but definitely want to apologize to folks for that brief delay. Mr. St. John, are you still there? I'm here. I'm here. Okay, okay we're back. Um, you know, modern technology, you know, you push forward. This is such as life, and, you know, we're, we're often faced with adversities, and you keep rolling. And so I wanted to uh, pick back up at the conversation that we were in. And I, right. I believe I, I that think, I think somebody just got um, uh, super excited and um, <laughs> wanted to know, you know, what I do with with, with ten dollars a day is I pay this phone online. <laughs> so he said, "Let me disconnect this Wi-Fi for ten dollars a day." I say, "I say ten dollars a day that way." No, uh, but you know, what I was saying was that, that you know we got to look at we got to evaluate what we do with ten dollars a day, and um, in in doing so. We have to then ask ourselves, what would we rather that ten dollars a day be able to secure for ourselves and our family? You know, that's what I help people with. You know, when I found the the extra seven thousand and change uh, annually uh, with the young from the young lady's budget, that that you know spent a whole lot of money or spent that on cigarettes and fast food. I actually, you know, which one does she love the most? She said she didn't know, she didn't realize how she was spending on that. Uh, on a on an annual basis, and so we had to break it back. And I said, look, you don't have to give it up completely. I would love for you to give up uh, cigarettes. You know, by the way, one of the things that I do with life insurance, I also do retirement and, and investment planning on my life insurance side of the business. I would love for you to give up cigarettes because that way I can actually reduce your premium significantly. Absolutely. It's, it's as if we're paying you as if. We're not paying you, but it's as if. If we're paying you uh, to not smoke, why? Because you are actually experiencing a savings, a dramatic savings. Or if you look at it the other way, you're spending a whole lot more if you do. So, but at any rate, so what we did was we found some of the funds that she could use to put to her goals of securing her family. And we, in the same time, with a single stroke, were able to reduce the amount of money she was spending the gas stations. So here's what she did. She would always go to the gas stations in the morning. That's where she would get her cigarettes. And so, you know, we, we talked about why are you why are you stopping the gas stations in the morning and getting the cigarettes? Well, that's where she got a cigarette. So she got a, anytime she got gas, she got cigarettes. And uh, in terms of fast food, she would start out her day with Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks. And then that that would also turn into lunch, and she may stop at a gas station or someplace to pick up a snack on the way back. And guess what she she picked up with that snack? Cigarettes. Mm. So before you turn around, before you even realize it, just by cutting out one of those gas station visits, we cut out a snack and we also cut out a cigarette purchase, you know, a, a purchase of a pack of cigarettes. So we help to reduce amount of cigarettes that she smoked and also the amount of money that she was putting out towards the cigarettes and we reduced the amount of fast food she's eating. Okay, this is all good stuff right here, right? And reduce the amount of money she's spending towards fast food, take a portion of that, put toward a, an insurance policy, a life insurance policy that she now sees she can, you know, more than afford. And now that instantly secured the future of her family and uh, her mom and her daughter. Right. Well, her family, including her mom and her daughter. Well, and, and we're by no means uh, passing judgment on anyone who decides that, you know, nicotine is their friend or that they, you know, they want to 
stop smoking cigarettes when they're ready. Uh, however, we, we do want to encourage the cessation of cigarettes because of the quality of life that one could have. So I definitely want, you know, some folks get really angry with you when you uh, when they feel like they're being attacked uh, based well, on their yeah, choices. Absolutely, absolutely, especially when you have nothing to offer them in exchange, right? Absolutely, so, absolutely. No, we're not, saying, we're not saying, look, you know, it's the cigarette, stop the cigarette smoking because it's going to kill you. People pretty much do that. Right. right. Uh, so it's like, oh, Captain, here comes Captain Obvious over here, right? He's going to tell yeah. me that the, the cigarettes can give you cancer, and that's going to make me have this, you know, sudden epiphany, and I'm going to just put the cigarette out and never touch it again. He thinks I'm smoking because I think that cigarettes do not give cancer, right? So th- that's not that's not where we where we're coming from when we uh, you know, present the idea. When we present the idea, we're just giving you a choice. We're saying, right. look, you know. Um, Here's what we can give you in exchange for what you're spending in cigarettes. And for most people, you know, that's a huge incentive. A monetary incentive for some for some reason <laughs> is a pretty good incentive for most people that have someone uh, or, or or have uh, loved ones that they want to uh, are are protected financially or are going to be okay should they not be able to return home one day. Right. Right. And, and I and I get it. So yeah, absolutely. So uh, you know, if I may, I have we have another. Actually, we have two more songs, but I want to uh, go into another song. You think we're ready for some some calls though? Right after this. Uh, sure, we, uh, sure. We can take so one. so I wanted to definitely uh, bring in this next song, which I think is uh, uh, very appropriate. You know, when we talk about people who do what they want to do, but in the midst of them doing what they want to do how that behavior affects other people and how that behavior is used. So I want to share this song, uh, and, and, I, and I hope that folks, you know, definitely see the connection uh, in the conversation that we're having. I think I was reminded of how long of an intro this song has. I, th- uh, I think that was the the uh, instrumental. Okay. Yeah, because so, because the, uh, the the words would have come in a lot sooner on the 
on the original. I think that was probably the instrumental. Okay, yeah, you know, I think you're right. But if everyone knows that song is uh, Papa Was a Rolling Stone, wherever he laid his hat was his home, and when he died, all he left us was alone. Exactly, uh, and those are the lyrics. <laughs> yes, sir, brother. <laughs> yes, sir, brother. So we merge the lyrics. That's how we keep it moving. We merge the lyrics uh, with the instrumental. Now, 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 in your mind, you just got to put those two together, uh, 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 listeners. We just got to put those two together. And And the reason I like that song is because, you know, at at the end it says, you know, when he died, all he left us was alone, right? Now, obviously that means alone as in by ourselves, okay? However, you know, in a lot of cases, what is left is, yeah, you leave you leave them alone by themselves, but you also leave them alone, alone that was not paid off. Right. So, so you, know, you don't you don't want to be in either of those situations, especially the latter of the two. And obviously, you, you're going to leave them alone because you're not there. But you, do you have to leave them alone? A loan that was not paid off, a car note, a a a, a uh, outstanding debt, you know, a mortgage. You know, what I what I try to do, I try to help people to not leave their family alone, a loan that was not paid off that will be held against your estate. There's a lot of misconceptions as to what happens to debt after someone passes. Okay, there's a lot of misconceptions. Uh, in a lot of cases, that debt can be held against the estate. Okay, mm. So what we try to do is we try to make sure that if you're going to leave them with nothing, if you are in, indeed uh, uh, only in a position to leave them with nothing, then let's make sure that we are truly leaving them with nothing, which means no debt. Right. None of that mess that you accumulated while you were here. Right? Leave them with nothing if you're going to leave them with nothing. Don't leave them under. Okay? And if we're able to, you know, on top of that, leave them with something, which is always the goal, and, and you know, we do, we do three stages in the plan. We do a, a protection plan, financial protection. We do financial accumulation uh, when, I, when I talked about the old 401Ks a little bit earlier, and we also do financial distribution. So yeah, basically what we're saying is, look, if you're going to leave them with nothing, that's the base, that's the bottom, which means you leave them with no uh, mortgage because we were able to pay off the mortgage, right? You leave them with no car notes. We were able to pay those off. We leave them with no pending student loans because we don't need student loans anymore. Why not? Because we already have enough that was left behind by daddy, uh, to to pay for college, right? I often when when I'm invited to a client's home, uh, you know, for for a family function, and I walk into that house and I and I see you know that that picture over the mantle, you know, I always I always know instantly whether or not a legacy was left when I see that picture, or if I see that picture, I should say. Mm. If there's a picture over the mantle, I know a legacy was left because normally that picture that's over the mantle is not someone that's here with us today. Normally that picture that's over the mantle is someone that was here with us yesterday that cared enough about today, although they were not going to be here to, 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 to see it. That Normally that picture is someone, a great-grand or, 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 or a grand or a great-great-grand even, that cared enough to put some things in place to leave a legacy. You know, even if that was just to pay off the house that they're living in right now, and the deal was you put my picture on that mantle, <laughs> you right. know, it was right. done. You know, right. it, it it was done, and that's the legacy, and that's what we try to help people to do. There's Absolutely. nothing wrong with that. I mean, two 
all too often, folks, uh, like you said, I, and I like that, 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 that play on words. You know, he left us alone instead of A-L-O-N-E. We're talking about A-Lone, A-L-O-A-N, you know, exactly. loan, you know, whether that's a car note, a mortgage, whatever loans he didn't took out to help provide for the family when he was here that he was paying on that now you guys have uh, inherited. I definitely, I, I know I'm not alone in the, for the rest of the folks out there when I say that I don't want my children to inherit my debt. I'd rather they inherit, you know, the wealth. You know, you know, we've heard the jokes about I'm worth more dead than alive. And, and, and to some degree, that's true. If you, if you make the right, the right investment. Right. Absolutely. That's right. Be a blessing, not a burden. Absolutely. If you leave, if you leave your family with any of your debt, you are being a burden because right. already they have to now to figure out the final expenses. They have to figure out how are we going to take care of, how are we going to honorably, respectfully, and 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 with love and 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 the emotion that we have for this loved one, you know, for 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 the leader of the household. How are we going to handle his final expenses? Okay, they have to figure that out. That's an emotional. A roller coaster for those those folks that have gone through it. That's an that's not an emotional roller coaster because it doesn't go up. There's no up end to that. It's just down. It's 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 like an emotional trench, I should say. Okay, so they already have to figure that part out. And then then have to turn around and figure out how are they going to deal with the debt that you left. Not a good thing. So you know when when we talk about be a blessing and not a burden, uh, which by the way. Uh, you know, hashtag, that's a hashtag, you know, be a blessing, not a burden. Uh, so check it out. That's hashtag, you know, that's trending right now. So be a blessing, not a burden. Be the one that leaves something and not nothing. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm using a double negative in the proper form right now. Not nothing, <laughs> because you don't want to leave nothing. Right. You want to leave something. Right. Well, I, I definitely am enjoying this. This is very uh, insightful. I think for those of us who really think back in our childhood, you know, family legacies, are, we're, we're here uh, live in Baltimore, Maryland, you know, and Baltimore is, in fact, a blue-collar town where folks have worked, you know, historically at, the, you know, the, uh, the shipyard, GM, Bethlehem Steel, and all of the things that I've just mentioned have downsized, and so there's a lot of folks who maybe aren't even with us today that work there, and even those industries have have closed uh, businesses. And so it's important that we talk about providing the right information uh, to the right people at the right time, so that those who come after those defendants who come after, uh, they're not, you know, in a bad place, you know, looking for other options to make money um, or find themselves, you know, because we 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 forget how often. Uh, finances affect so many other things in your life, even your mental health. I mean, there are some people who, because they uh, are poor or feeling, at least they feel poor, they are depressed. They suffer from anxiety. Suffer from As a man thinking. Absolutely. And so we, we, we're encouraging this on so many levels because it affects so many things on so many levels. And so it's important that we really do take this serious. Uh, families have, have built wealth off of, insurance and, and other investments. I mean, the truth is we're all going to go. I mean, I don't, you, tell some, you tell me someone who isn't going to go, I want to sit and really talk to them. But if, <laughs> <laughs> well, you got a lot of time because they're, yeah. they're not going anywhere, right? Yeah, yeah, right. And, and, and the truth is if, that is if that's the case in their life, you know, if, because we're all going to go, what are you going to do with that? Because we're going to go, how can you make it work for your family who's coming after you? Because we have 
many of people with uh, there are a lot of descendants, a lot of family members who you know they have children and, and, and extended family members and folks who really could benefit uh, and build legacies, financial legacies for themselves and their families. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, and you, you mentioned a good a good uh, point. You made you brought up a pretty good point there. You know, when we think about life insurance, you know, and and that's just one leg of what we do. But when we think about life insurance, we think of it as this thing that this taboo area. We can't talk about it because if we talk about it, then we're going to, uh, you know, we're planning to leave this place. And the last thing we want to do is leave this place. Well, guess what, folks? If you don't talk about it, you're going to leave anyway. You know, so let, let, let's talk about the inevitable. And and what you mentioned was that you know it, it helps to build wealth. It does. That's the single most immediate uh, uh, and and magnified return, the greatest return for the for the buck. Okay, the greatest bang for the buck, the greatest return for your investment, uh, and and the quickest way to build and create generational wealth. The single quickest way to build and create generational wealth is through life insurance. And mm. then we deal with the accumulation portion of it. You know, when you're putting aside some money for the rainy day, you know, you're putting aside some money so that, you know, when you, when you retire, you'll have some money to play with. That, that, we can do that as well. We do that as well all day long. We do it well. Uh, we deal with accumulation. We have, uh, you can set up Roth uh, IRAs with us and so forth. There's, there's a lot of different ways. People say, okay, well, what do you do? Well, you know, you know what I do. I do uh, life insurance, retirement, and, and, and investments. I, I try to help people uh, keep the promises they made to their, to their family members throughout their lives. You know, next, why do I do it? I do it because I care. I right. do it because I think that this is an important part of the uh, uh, puzzle that we have not been focusing on. Uh, or a lot of people have not been have not been focused on over seventy percent or just about seventy percent of Americans are underinsured, are not insured, or underinsured, which means that they do not have enough uh, insurance, life insurance, to pay off everything that they want paid off and leave a legacy for their family. Okay. So they are underinsured or not insured at all. And so that's a dangerous place to be in. So I do that because I want to change that number, okay? And and that's that's one single way to create generational wealth. Okay, and, and thank you for sharing. I think we definitely need to we need to address that. So we got about uh, three minutes left. I think it's time for, that we do uh, consider taking some calls. I want to re- recite this number. It is six four six. Nine two nine zero six three zero, and when you come on, you will press one to come in. Again, six four six nine two nine zero six three zero. Six four six. Go ahead. No, go go with, with the number. Yeah, six four six nine two nine zero three zero. Okay, and uh, for those of us that can't, for those of you that cannot get through today, you can always uh, shoot me an email. Uh, I'm also on on Twitter. Uh, at, you can do hashtag be a blessing, not a burden, uh, and you can email me at atleystjohn at gmail dot com. That's a t l e y s t j o h n at gmail dot com. You can email your questions there as well. You know, so that's one. That those are two ways to stay in the conversation. And hopefully, if this has been informative enough, maybe we'll be able to um, uh, come back.
Sure, absolutely. We, we definitely will have you back. I, I mean, there's so many opportunities out there for folks to build wealth. They're not just about uh, investing in life insurance, but we could also talk about the variety of services that you provide that I'm sure folks will be happy to hear. Um, we're, we're, we're winding down. We have just under two minutes. Um, definitely want to – is there anything else, Mr. St. John, you wanted to share as we, as we close up that it will be important for folks to, to know? Well, you know, one of the things that well, I'd like to share is that this is all about education. It's all about uh, education and uh, knowing what you don't know, learning about more of what you don't know. Right. And that, that's one of the biggest boundaries, one of the, the, the biggest boundaries or greatest boundaries uh, between that, that creates the wealth divides and the income uh, divides when it comes to families, one family living in one area and another family uh, living in another uh, area. So, you know, it's all about education. What we try to do is educate. We try to educate uh, those that are, are really strapped with those questions as to how do I leave a legacy? You know, how, okay. how do I, I – I've worked hard all my life, and now I have to – you know, I'm strapped with medical expenses for everyday living. How do I – how do I get here? I don't want to have a family member dependent on me. I don't want to depend on the family member. You know, we, we yeah. try to help through education. Yeah. So, you know, thank you for sharing that. As we wind down, just want to thank folks. And, you know, he shared his information, Mr. St. John. I uh, want to thank folks for tuning in. want to invite you back every third Thursday to the Sacred Masculine Show. And we will see you again at another place and another time. I'm your host, Reverend Jay. And at St. John, we are signing out. was the Sacred Masculine Show with Reverend Jamel Gilliam. Now, Reverend Jamel is actually going to be start opening up his church on December 3rd of 2017 at 10.30 a.m. And the name of his church is called the Universal Centers for Love, and it is going to be at 213 West Reed Street in Baltimore, Maryland, at 10.30 in the morning. So King and I intend to be there, and we would love it if you are actually in the Baltimore area or you are visiting to please come to the first service for the Universal Centers for Love. So that's it for this evening, and thank you so much for joining us, and we'll be seeing you very soon. Love, peace, and blessings, everyone.